0: You are listening to Insights, produced by the University of New South Wales Law Society, a podcast dedicated to bring you an insight into law school, the legal profession and legal issues. The production team would also like to show our respects and acknowledge the medical people who are the traditional custodians of the land of elders past and present on which this podcast is made. <laughs> Unfortunately, our original guest was unavailable this week. Luckily, we have UNSW alumni Sam Lee here to talk about the hardships and joys, the ups and downs of studying and working in the law. Graduating in 2019, he is still deeply involved within the university community. During his studies, he was a part of Model UN, FMAA, Law Review, and Law Society. More recently, he has also begun to take an interest in consultancy and has been part of 180 Degrees Consulting, the global leadership team. When not working, he plays for his band The Flaming Goes, which regularly performs at UNSW events. Thanks so much, Sam, for joining us today. Thanks very much for having me. So um, firstly, congratulations on your first live gig with The Flaming Goes. How was it?
1: Uh, it was a pretty amazing experience. Um, really glad that uh, we got that. To be honest, we didn't think we'd sell 10 tickets, let alone sell out two shows. Um, so yeah, we're extremely happy at how it went. Um, can't really describe what it's like uh, being on stage and you know performing songs that we wrote ourselves and recorded at the heart of COVID. So yeah, it was a pretty surreal experience.
0: Um, so I'm friends with a few members of the band, for example, Josh, um, mm. Madison, Chelsea by Proxy. Uh, How did you guys uh, actually got the idea to start a band in the first place?
1: Well, this is going back a long way. Um, So Josh Madison and I played together in the Law Society band, I think it was 2017. And then we played together again in 2018. I then did Law Review in my last uh, year of university. And that's where I met uh, Matt, Shamus and Jarrah who were the other members of the band. And then I think out of that, we thought, this is really fun. We really don't want to let this feeling go when we leave. Um, Let's try and start something. And I remember very vividly our first gig was um, someone's 21st birthday party. Uh, Musically, it was absolutely terrible, but it was an incredibly fun experience. Uh, And just contrasting that to the gig the other night, um, the level and quality is so different. It makes me reflect on how far we've come. But I guess in essence we just had a good time together doing different things and decided let's start this let's give this a go if it doesn't work out that's fine but three years later here we are
0: the thing is um law students are kind of famous for having quite a large workload Mm. most of the time how did you manage to kind of juggle all those commitments like
1: when i think back myself uh an easy answer doesn't really come to mind i think the probably the best way of answering that question is that it takes a lot of time so I probably have to go back all the way to maybe year seven or eight in high school when I was terrified of doing any extracurriculars because I thought this is going to harm my marks. If I even set foot in a room that isn't a classroom, my you know scores are going to go down. Yeah. I think progressively over time, I got used to um, doing more and more things and handling that load. But I think the key thing is probably, it's really just a matter of priorities. So what I did was I had a very clear sense in my mind what the important things were and then what sort of came after that. And those priorities evolved over time as well. So I think when I first started my law school, it was mostly about getting the marks to get into law and then so forth. But then I think towards the end, I sort of valued some of the more extracurricular stuff a bit more and spent more time there. And even now, I think um, working full-time, that's obviously a big load, but there's an old saying that... um, it doesn't really feel like work if you're having fun. And I think that really applies to a lot of the things I'm doing. It's it's stuff that I enjoy. With the band, for example, it's only really an hour per week where we have a meeting or we catch up and that's it. And when we have a gig, it's a little bit more, but you sort of move things around. So I think it happens over a period of time.
0: And with that transition from high school, I guess, what started that switch?
1: I think I came to appreciate that there's a lot more to be learned uh, than you can just learn from books. and when I think back to some of my biggest learning experiences, they have nothing to do with what happens in the classroom and everything to do with life experiences. Uh, And in fact, usually, you know, failures or bad experiences. Uh, I am not embarrassed to tell a very brief story, which is when I was in kindergarten, uh, we got told to stand up in front of the class, introduce ourselves and say our favorite food or something. And, and I was absolutely terrified. I remember the whole class had to turn around and face the wall. It was the most absurd thing ever. Um, and then I think in year seven, my dad encouraged me to do debating. And I still remember saying, cool, I'll be the team advisor because that person never has to speak. Exactly. Yeah, um speaker. Exactly. Right? Um, but funny enough, I ended up as first speaker, which means I either speak first or second every single time. And it didn't actually turn out to be as, as bad as I thought. I think I gained the confidence over time, got better at it. Um, And public speaking is now something that I really, really enjoy. And communicating is something I enjoy. Same thing with being on stage, you know. When you're playing music in front of people in school band, you sort of get used to what that feeling is like. So I think experiences like that um, in year seven when I did debating made me realize, hey, there's so much more to be learned. There's all this other exciting stuff I can get involved with, you know, musically, sports, debating. I can really enrich myself in that way. And I think since then I've really always gravitated towards what's the next experience I can have that can help me learn, can help me develop? um, What's the next adventure, so to speak? So I think it really started with those experiences. And if I hadn't, I guess, dipped my toe in the water or been encouraged at that early point, I don't know if I'd be in the same place because I would never have had, you know, those kind of experiences.
0: The funny thing about bringing up school stories and stuff like that is you realize how formative those years are in terms Mm -hmm. of creating the interests the passions that you have Um, I have a very similar story but it kind of works the other way where um, I used to actually be really really interested in science my friends these days know how much I actually hate mathematics science and all that stuff right one Christmas I got like a a set of encyclopedia books right it and i decided one day to go through it i flicked to the geology session section and i saw all these beautiful and awesome rocks and so i spent two days i remember this i spent two whole days um going into my back garden looking for different stones and categorizing them based off what i saw (laughs) um i hand wrote a bunch of labels and sticky taped them onto Mm -hmm. uh, the rocks and stuff and then i remember the next day when i took it to show and tell um the teacher, instead of being very calm and fostering that kind of inquisitiveness, she just immediately said, Harry, aren't those just all pebbles? <laughs> and I just remember immediately afterwards, I decided to just dump them all in the bin.
1: Because I have a sort of similar story to your rock story, which is I was fascinated by dinosaurs as a kid. Um, yeah. uh, at the school that I first started off at, I was known as the dinosaur kid because I could name, I think, obscure species to people. Um And i did spend my lunch times digging up rocks as well ironically uh to look for dinosaur bones uh so you would have thought back then you know i I would have become like a paleontologist or some sort of like uh science person but you know obviously that changed um but yeah in in year nine i decided law is what i wanted to do Uh, and that came from i guess stepping out of my comfort zone and trying different things and i think my interests have sort of shifted a little bit since that time as well naturally as you get older and I can now observe that a lot of those insights, you know, you mentioned consulting, for example, came from trying new things. You know, the 180 degrees um, global leadership team is something I jumped into last year, midway through uh, the grad program as a full-time lawyer. You know, I'd never done any prior consulting stuff, never any 180 stuff. But I thought to myself, um, what I really, what do I really enjoy? Uh, where do I want to make an impact? What do I want to learn? This is a great opportunity to do that. Why not do that? There's no reason why. Once you start working full time, you need to constrain yourself to what you're doing. Really, there's no distinction, I think, between what I'm doing now and what I was doing in year seven, which is you have some core interests, but always keep open minded. Because if I just uh, said to myself, I know what I'm into, that's it. In kindergarten, there's no chance of me performing music or public speaking or even doing law because I would have been too scared to come out of my shell. So I think that's probably the process that helped me get there. Mm.
0: And me, for example, I actually did debating in high school as well. And a lot okay. of my f- friends who ended up studying law from my high school were in that exact same debating team. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's often the case where people who, for example, do those co-curriculars, such a mock trial, um, public speaking, kind of feel that that it's just a natural progression to kind of go into the law. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that it's a problem for all these kids to kind of just pigeon them, hold themselves into what is actually a professional degree so early on?
1: This is getting a little bit philosophical, but I remember in high school, there were always two questions I really wanted to answer. One is, uh, who am I as a person? And secondly, what do I wanna commit myself to work-wise? Like what's gonna be my passion? What's gonna be the main thing I do? I think uh, I was very keen to try and latch onto something that I was good at and just do that thing. And I think even throughout law school, there was a bit of a path set out in front of me where it's like, these are the things you need to do to do this path. So, you know, you do mooting, you do law sock, or you do all these other stuff, and then you become a lawyer, right? But the reality is, I don't think, at least from my experience, um, I've ever really figured out with certainty that this is exactly the thing I want to do. The way that I probably look at it is, I know what the next step is down the tunnel, Um, the next thing I'm interested in, but I'm very open to what might happen down the line. So it's entirely possible that I move out of law into another field, that I stay in law, that I do something radically different. I mean, the band is a great example of that, right? Um, I, think, I think it's very easy to play it safe and to uh, construct for yourself what you think the steps you need to take are to achieve a certain vision of your future. So I looked at myself and I thought, if I wanna be a lawyer, these are the things I need to do to get there. I don't think it's a bad idea to have goals, but I think it's always important to be open-minded, which is why um, increasingly, I guess, in uni and towards the end of my degree, I tried to do experiences that were atypical for someone down my path because in the same way that in year seven, stepping out of my comfort zone got me into debating, got me interested in law, there could be things that I'm interested in or things that I'm good at that I'm just not aware of because I haven't tried them. Um, I'm going to use law review as a great example because... I I had always seen so many people do it, so many of my friends do it, and I thought to myself, I'm not a law review person. This is not my kind of thing. But uh, once I sort of got my grad offer um, at the beginning of my last year of uni and I sort of felt I could sort of experiment a bit more with my last year of uni, I jumped into review and it was so good I came back again the next year even though I was working full-time because it was such a great experience um, and a completely different experience to anything that I'd done before. So moving forward now with the benefit of that experience, um, the 180 thing is a great example, and I'm sure I'm going to do things that are uh, quite unexpected but um, interesting in the future. And I think having that sort of flexibility is a good thing, but it took me time to to get comfortable with that.
0: The mentality I, I have had going mm. to uni is that there are specific things that I have to complete in order to call myself a good uni student. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, last year I did law review because I knew for a fact that I can't happily call myself as having had that university experience unless I complete it. Or um, I needed to be a part of like a subcommittee or join um, the leadership team, for example, Mm -hmm. for Law Society. Um, What were kind of the, I guess, big ticket items for you?
1: I actually, uh, not many people know, I actually didn't get the ATAR to get into law directly. So Mm -hmm. I was a transfer student. And so I think when I first started, I was very keen to prove to myself that I was good enough to be in law school and and could make it sort of as a lawyer. And so that probably made, uh, gave that perspective a bit more of a hold over me. So when I looked at it, I thought um, Lawsoc is probably a good one. I thought about mooting definitely being very visible. the, the way I used to look at it is what is um, what are three or four very different things that I can do each year, maybe not three or four, maybe two or three, uh, that are completely different, that will teach me different things, but at the same time are going to help me move down that path. So I remember in first year, I I did I tried out all the different competitions. So if I think about it now, incredibly, I think I did first, uh, I, I think I dipped my toe into every skills competition, every mooting competition in first year, just to, just to try it. Um, And it was only, I think, until later on that I got involved in other stuff like uh, law peer tutoring, mentoring, uh, review, some of these other things that may not have sort of been on my radar when I had that perspective. Um, But I think those are probably the the key things when I was at that stage.
0: You mentioned that you have a completely different Mm. mindset. Mm. What's your view of success now?
1: Well, I think the first thing to say about that is I think everyone's view of success is subjective. I think it's um, self-defined and it took me a long time to get to that position as well. I think success is self-defined and by the same token, evaluating whether or not you're succeeding is also an internal thing. I think for me, for me at least personally, success is maybe, I would say two things. One is feeling like I'm making the most of the ability that I have in any given field. And two is uh, leaving a positive mark on the world. And I think those are probably two things that have been consistent with me probably since I was quite young um, as, a, as, a, as a primary school student. Um, but I think the way that I judge those things is a little bit different as well. So when I look at um, making the most of my ability, I, that comes from how you define yourself. So if you define yourself as a law student, then you're going to gravitate towards certain ways of, uh, uh, I guess, expressing your ability and your passions. I think uh, I'm much more open-minded now about what those things are. Uh, One way I like to look at it is, uh, what are all the things that I'm really interested in and really passionate about? And I'm going to commit to myself that at least once I'm going to give each of those a go. So music is something I did a lot in school. I expected to lose touch with that entirely in uni, but you know with the band we gave it a shot and it's now become something a little bit more than that which is great um, you know sports for example I, I joined a, a, a club team for the first time last year and I'm actually going to be coaching a team this year it's never something I've never done before but something I'm passionate about so giving that a go uh, I've mentioned this to a few friends who find this hilarious but um, I'm a really big sort of video games person so I want to give voice acting a shot maybe Uh, I did a lot of creative writing competitions when I was a kid, so I want to sort of, as a very like uh, unlikely aspirational goal, want to publish like a fiction novel one day or something. And these are all, um, you know, when I, if you had said this to me when I was in high school or uni, I would have thought that's really amusing. But now I sort of think to myself, why not just give that a shot? Why not just try it and see it? So to answer that question about what success is to me, I think back then I probably would have looked at success as probably career success. Now it's more holistically because for me, I've never really separated career and personal passions. I've never really thought I'm going to work, this is terrible, now I'm gonna have fun. Um, I wanna be able to express and uh, engage with my passions in everything I do and so as part of that, um, I wanna be working in a job that's gonna um, help me explore that as well. So I think it has to be very internally defined and I think it also uh, has to be One also has to be quite open-minded, I think, as well.
0: I think a big issue that a lot of, especially younger law students face, is that they see themselves as being able to have that freedom once they get that grad offer. Do you reckon that students should instead find their passions much earlier through their degree?
1: I think that's a very individual choice to make. I, when I look back now, always really admired people who um, did things that they were passionate about, regardless of the career implications. Um, And I think... I think the answer to that question is that everyone has to find their own way. Uh, there is definitely merit in doing things that are safer earlier on. Um, although if I recall something that the speaker at my, um, of course, it's not the inauguration, it's called the, um, the the undergraduate welcome, sorry, I was thinking about inauguration, um, Sean Lau, the speaker said, uh, if you're keeping your options open, all you're really doing is deferring a decision you have to make until later. So. Uh, I think that's quite a good point, actually. So for me, to to sort of answer that question, the way I look at it is that I think most people benchmark their goals, their expectations, what they should do based on what most people around them do, because there's a bit of a safety in walking that path. So for, for example, there's safety in, all right, I've started law school. I'm going to get involved in mooting. I'm going to do a clerkship, et cetera. That's the path to go down. And to an extent, there's some merit to that. There's a reason why lots of people go down that path. But I think the question you have to answer at the end of the day, the question uh, you know, to bring back that quote that you're always ultimately deferring is, what am I really interested in? And in some cases, that's going to overlap with what most other people are doing, but in other cases, it won't. And so For me, what I like to do is try and keep track of what I'm doing to make sure that I'm actually chasing what I want to do rather than what other people are doing. Because if you chase what other people's uh, goals are, all you're gonna end up with at best is um, someone else's dream rather than your own. And I think that, um, yeah, so I think a good way of, of getting around that is to think about what at heart makes you passionate, what at heart you really enjoy. And I particularly like moments where I realize that I'm a little bit unconventional going against the grain, which has happened to me a couple of times recently, um, because that sort of demonstrates to me I'm walking my own path rather than just following the safe path. And, you know, as we sort of discussed before, it took me a while to get to the point where I was comfortable doing that. I think if I had my chance to do it again, I'd probably do things similarly, but I'd probably take more risks than I did and get involved in other things that I didn't before. So... That's, I guess, my my two cents of advice, but I think it's very individual. It depends on different people.
0: I mean, hopefully after this podcast gets released, you'll see a bunch of more um, bands popping up out of the (laughs) way for within law school. Um, Just one final question before we wrap up. Mm -hmm. Um, Where do you see yourself or where do you hope to see yourself in 10 years?
1: I always hate these questions because it's very very difficult to answer. Um, I used to... uh, I I remember in my first um, ILJ class, a friend of mine, Jack... Uh, uh, said that I, I whipped out my um, my life plan in front of him, and he's made fun of me for that ever, ever since. Uh, and quite genuinely, I did have a plan. I set out first year, I'm going to do this. Second year, I'm going to do this third year. Uh, and to be honest, it never panned out exactly as I planned. It's always very different. Um, so ever since I started full-time work, I've only really planned probably a year 18 months max ahead and that's because you know all the way through from primary school to uni my experience has been uh your life is somewhat well regimented by what you're doing but once you start work as there's, there's a there's an ocean of possibilities which can which can make it difficult to know whether you're succeeding can make it difficult to know how you're progressing because um it's just very different and the one thing i never wanted is for the years to meld together and to think where did those 5 years go so For me, five, 10 years time, I can't probably visualize what that will look like, but I hope to be doing very different things to what I'm doing now, Uh, possibly being in a different country, possibly being in a different field, uh, possibly um, being able to talk about different experiences than the ones that I've talked about today, um, and possibly having a whole list of failures, mistakes, as well as some successes uh, that haven't happened yet because I think um, that's the best way for me to achieve those things that I want to do which is you know, make the most of my potential and try and give back in a positive way so ho- hopefully that's not too long-winded or um, uh, wishy-washy an answer
0: definitely not as someone with um, a 30-year plan for myself uh, up ahead <laughs> my uh, that's really good advice um, thanks again Sam for coming my pleasure thanks for having me thank you for listening to the second episode of Insights with UNSW Law Society I'm your host Harry, and if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on a single episode.